Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I co-founded InventRight 21 years ago and we've been coaching and mentoring inventors ever since. Um, and I co-founded the business with Stephen Key and we've had students in over 65 countries. We are celebrating 50,000 subscribers and we're having some of our fans on to tell their stories about some products they've been working on. So we have Kareen Rosalia on today and Kareen, welcome. Rosalia, Rosalia. I got it. There you go. I got it right. Sometimes people say my name's Andrew Cross. I'm not, no, it's Krause. Um, but so you, you have this really cool product called Lunch Squares. And so sometimes people are like, I want to see the product. I want to see the product. So let's just look at the product, guys. And then right. we'll do the interview. And Kareen's going to tell you her story. So here we go. Hi, my name is Kareen. I created a special lunch kit after realizing that this was driving me nuts. Mornings are always hectic. Who has the time to make Pinterest perfect lunches every day? I tried many things. The plain old sandwich. Boring! Last night's dinner. And not great cold. The store-bought lunch. That's it? There had to be a better way. So I worked with engineers and nutritionists. Is this cold? And even confronted some of the toughest food critics. Is that sugar? Until it clicked, the results is an all-in-one kit. So families can prepare lunches ahead of time without having to scramble in the mornings. And put the kids to work too. Kids help out pick fresh vegetables with illustrated recipes. Carrots! Families make the recipes together with kid-friendly instructions. Broccoli, broccoli. It's like craft time, except no glue or glitter cleanup. And you don't need extra shelf space to store the art. <laughs> no hassle. Goes from oven to fridge to lunchbox. And kids have fun customizing with the stickers and pens. Easy, right? Transform a chore into fun. Have one too. Okay, we're back. Kareen, that was a really cool product. Really, really fun. I have an eight-year-old. It makes sense. I'm glad you like it. Um, yeah, that's what I've been working on for a few years, and I currently sell on Amazon, and it's been a, an interesting journey going from concepts to, to selling. So, um, yeah. So it took you a while to get to the Amazon point. Um, well, let's talk about the product really quickly, and then let's talk about your journey. You had a little Kickstarter experience, and now you're having an Amazon experience, and then I want to talk to you. You're doing a lot of different things in your life, how you're balancing things. I think that would be interesting to talk to you about. Um, but the product itself, um, let's just, just the basics. What, what do you, where's the market for this? What do you think is the... Yeah, so um, so what I invented was a container that can go in the oven, in the microwave, and, and that would be slim so that you don't have to fill up your cupboard with big, you know, um, food containers. So yeah, it kind of slims down to the size of a, um, of a smartphone. And um, yeah, so I was trying to sell versatility and just easing lives primarily for parents, but now I'm expanding to, um, and yeah, women, men, and, and trying to, to um, reach those, that population and See, make their life easier. So it, it can, it's, it could be like a piece of Tupperware, you can throw the Cheerios in it, you could bake a quiche in it. You can you can do all sorts of stuff with this, um, but your your point of difference is you know the plastic containers aren't good. 
for the microwave. So this one, I'm assuming, is silicone? Yep, it's it's silicone, so it's it's super light and it's versatile because it goes in in all kind of temperatures and and just um you can put it in a in a kid's bag so it you don't have to be afraid of shock. It's just you can do anything with it's it. It's kind of fun that you or the kids can draw with a dry erase marker on the top of it too. That's cool. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you start. What is is it fair to say one of the places you started is Kickstarter? And we're gonna. <laughs> Yes, I think that that was the big um, kind of more public moment. Um, there's there's a lot of work that goes into and um, and uh, um, concepting um, that goes into before Kickstarter. A lot, so I think, right? <laughs> yes. You you I mentioned think, like a pre-interview. You said to use the wor- your own words for Kickstarter. It was all-consuming. So can you tell our audience why you felt like Kickstarter was all-consuming? Yeah, so um, I think there are two types, two two ways to use Kickstarter, but certainly a dominant way. I mean, it, it's a way to test the market, right? It's a way to see before before you really, you know, get thousands and thousands of units and really see if there's a market, right? But um, you can't just put something online and expect people to come, right? You have to, so um, you you have to have something to present and, and to present well, well, you got to put some money and some effort into it. So that means getting a video, getting some professional shots, getting, um, in my case, I got a, a PR, you know, a firm to, to really try to reach people to, can to we, actually Can we in. talk a little bit about that? Because there's people out there. It's not what it used to be. People would just go on. There wasn't so many people. Um, but now people are spending 20, 25K to, with PR firms to raise 100K. So that's not as grassroots as, as it used to be. You know, it's, Is it something that people with barely two pennies to rub together can go on and raise money? My, my perception is not that it doesn't really work that way anymore. Right. It, it really depends what you want to get out of it, right? If you're mm-hmm. if you're really wanting to put it on and get a hundred people to try to, to to give you feedback, you know, um, and then you don't really care if it funds or not, then sure you can, you know, that's one platform. Oh. But I think most people want to really put their yeah. effort behind so that they can see, you know, what 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 does it look like if and and. And this is the first time that you're in public. You're, you're really presenting your product. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give it a fair shot. So that meant contracting a lot of things out. And that meant, well, yeah. I think some people misperceive Kickstarter and it's like, okay, I'll just go on Kickstarter. I'll raise $200,000 and I'll have a company. I'm good. What would you say to that? Say, great. I, I love uh, <laughs> your enthusiasm and optimism. Um, it's... Um, you have to be prepared to do the work. You have to be prepared. If if you want results, I think you um, you, you you have to be maybe a little bit more modest in your goals and um, and and really try to 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 give it your all. But if you're really just trying to um, to see, you know, this is an initial concept, and I really don't know if people are going to like it or what what uh, mm. defaults they might see, and and you want to collect that feedback publicly, then yeah, that, that's, you know. that's a good point that it's a, a good, of course, you're putting yourself out there and that can be risky. And um, so some of the downsides, I think, of Kickstarter is when people see that you're successful, there's some people out there that will knock you off and get it on Amazon before you even finish your Kickstarter campaign. 
you didn't have a hugely successful Kickstarter campaign, so you didn't have that problem, so people don't want to knock you off. So if you're under the radar, maybe it's okay, but people are trolling Kickstarter for ideas to steal. They'll typically do that when a product is successful. Um, people that don't have a social media network, they're going to need to spend a ton of money with a PR firm. And most inventors don't have this giant social media network to push out to. You did it with friends and family and stuff. So they, people usually fail to launch a proper campaign to really raise any money or get any traction. Then when they do raise the money, they fail to be able to manufacture it because there's so many pitfalls there. And then when they're able to manufacture it, they then deliver it. But let's say you got a thousand orders or 2000 orders and then all that money and all that effort, it's like, okay, now I got 2000 orders. I delivered them successfully for the people that do. But if you go to a retailer, brick and mortar retailer and say, I, 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 I did 2000 orders on Kickstarter. They'll be like, okay, that's not exciting to us. So now you're back to square one. So this perception that you're going to go on there, raise a half million dollars, it's, it's, it can get you going, but you're still kind of back to square one, depending on how much you raise. Maybe you got massive traction, but most people don't. So was any of that inaccurate? And do you have anything to add to any of that ramble? What are your thoughts? No, I'll just, I'll just add more to your point um, in that. So you, you have to map out the whole journey, right, for, for Kickstarter. You can't just start thinking about manufacturing if you're successful, you really have you're you're committing yourself to to the to the people um, on Kickstarter that you've you've you know mapped this out. Now um, I did in my case. Um, yet when I, so I I successfully funded the Kickstarter, and the next day or maybe a few hours, my manufacturer dropped me. So I was like, I mean, at the wow. same time that I'm like popping the champagne, I'm like. I am really back to, you know, square one to use your, your expression. So, um, but with every, I know it's super cliche, but with every failure, with every setback, I learned a ton and ended up miles away. I mean, miles ahead. You have to have some distance to realize that with, with every, you know, every setback, it came something good. But but that that was one instance where, where you know I, I connected so with, with let's, great people. Let's move on to other parts of your journey. So you're correct me if I get this if I'm wrong on this. So you're an attorney, you're a mom, you're venturing this product, and then you're also working on or going towards working on licensing some products. Because like you and I talked about, you can't like start a company and venture and sell this product and then do a bicycle product over there and a gardening product over there because it's different distribution channels. So attorney, mom, entrepreneur, selling this product on your own, and you're working on licensing products. How do you balance all that? And do you, do you intend on venturing more products? Or you're like, I'm kind of understanding why licensing makes sense. Or do you really feel like really cool and interacting with people on, on Amazon and getting reviews and stuff? So what are some of the upsides and downsides of, of each with you? All right, so I'll break it up in, into pieces. Um, oh, the great. balancing, um, well, I have a, an understanding family. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Now, I mean, they, they know that's what that's where my passion is. I mean, my, both my, my attorney job, I, I love it. I love my family. I mean, every, every um, piece has a bit of my heart, but also every piece complements each other. My, my mom journey inspired my product, which then inspired other product and, and um and the legal side, I guess, is, is very separate, but but that's also a part of me. So mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so they balance each other out in my interest. They fulfill a part of me, and therefore there is some kind of 
spiritual balance. I, I'm not sure that's the right term, but, um, but, um, so, th so that's one piece. Um, as far as like how, um, the, the comparing the, the venture and the, the licensing. So I'm super grateful for everything that I learned from, you know, making a product and, marketing, selling, and so on. There's a lot of, I need to learn more, of course, but, um, but this has informed my, so first of all, I realized that my passion is more in the inventing um, than in the selling, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot more effort to make, and, you know, when you're going on social media, um, everybody can go on social media, but to do it well and to actually get mm -hmm. a return on investment, you really you know, got to put, you know, grind. I mean, it's, it's a lot of labor. Um, so that gives me a better appreciation for licensing and for people, you know, cause you're trying to sell it to, um, to a company that's going to do all that grunt work that, that I'm trying to yeah. take back from. And so, you know, when, I, for example, some people think, you know, are a little shocked when, when they, they learn about the royalties that, yeah, you're, nobody's getting 30%, you know, royalties, but, and, and it makes sense to me because I understand the whole journey. So I understand, sure. I think everybody's role a little better. I also, I think I can create better products because, or, or concepts, because I understand what is costly on shipping, what mm. um, manufacturing, what you need to focus on and mm. why this needs to be cut out because that just, you know, or why you should have it in one color instead of 15 because that that's, you know, uh, extra work on the, on the manufacturing, which means a more expensive product. So each piece informs the other. Um, as far as my goals, well, I am launching a new uh, line to lunch squares. So I'm, I'm re, you know, I'm, I'm growing it, hmm. but keeping in with the specific product, right. It's going to be, it's going to be a new, um, a new line and new colors and new size, but this is, you know, lunch squares is, is, is a container and a bit of a lifestyle, but on the other end, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, looking at, I, I've, I have about 15 concepts for toys. I have two that I'm trying to license also in, in kitchenware. And so, but those are, are separate. They're not quite the audience of lunch squares. They are not silicone based. They they're So I can't just add them to my store and just try to, to right. diversify too much. They're, they're kind of running their own little courses. Well, you've got a, you've got a great attitude. You know, you've had some struggles and you, you just, you consider them learning experiences. And I, I think that's great. And you're you're taking a look at both business models. And you're, at this time, you're going to continue to venture, launch squares and sell it. But at some point, are you considering licensing that one as well if you get tired of the grind? Uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly entertain that idea. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, it's it, I continue to learn from it and, and to enjoy that process. But I certainly understanding more about licensing means I'm, I'm also, yeah, open, open to but that. You're, but that's, that's key. I mean, you have to enjoy running the business as much as the product when you're venturing. And, yes. and at this time, it seems like you're still enjoying it. So, you know, why would you license it right now? Cause you're enjoying that. Some inventors, they get to a point where they're not anymore. You might be there a year or two from now. You might not, you might grow this line. And like you said, it's kind of your baby. And and uh, you might grow it quite a bit. Maybe you start you're on Amazon now. Maybe you start to get some brick and mortar distribution. You'd mentioned um, some distributors were you were looking at that, but it wasn't quite 
Why wasn't that working for you? How come you didn't want to go that direction? Yeah, so you mentioned that that I have quite a few um, pot on the boiler, irons in the fire. Um, so so I so it's also helped me focus on things, and um, I mean it, understanding what works for me and and what is too demanding on my time. Um, for example, I, I've contemplated um, some men, some retailers that do drop shipping, mm. but at the end of the day, I, I just don't have that kind of time in my day um, where where I can really just handle a lot of the shipping. Amazon has the benefit when you do FBA fulfilled um, by Amazon is that they they you know for a fee <laughs> for sure, um, but yeah, you send them um, the the product and they're they're going to handle the whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm not. There's a, a, some customer service, some, but um, but you know it's it's limited compared to um, to the involvement. So you've, you've decided not to go brick and mortar because you don't have the bandwidth right now, and you like the online sales of the Amazon because you can manage that with your attorney job, being a mom, trying to license some other products, working on this. Judge got a lot of irons in the fire, and I don't know. I think that's level. I think it's a level-headed way of looking at it. You know, um, your product has a lot of a lot of potential. It's very it's very cute. Um, uh, Do you think people really see the point of difference? Yeah, I think we were talking about that. That'll be the last question. Has it been hard to make it clear the point of difference? Did you not do as good a job before? Now you're doing a better job. Did you always do a good job of that? Um, They're like, are people like, oh, it's just another Tupperware thing. Some people might look at it and say that. yeah, so um, I think I mean what what you and I talked about um, offline a little bit is that I've pivoted. Um, I've I've kind of refined the product to what it is now. I started with um, having this idea for a system where you. So I was really trying to sell the 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 lifestyle of you can bake in it. So I'm going to sell the recipes. I'm going to sell you know that. that just really try, trying to show. You had like a whole is. cookbook with it and everything too. Yeah, I do. I and still do. <laughs> did you feel like that was more what you wanted it to be and not what the market was asking for? It was just too hard to explain and sell. So you pivoted. And that says a lot about you as a marketer that you made that change. Thank you. I mean, I, I, what I learned pretty on, because I, I like pitching, and so I did some pitch competition, and, and the judges would have that question about, we like it, we, we, we're, we're, but what is it? <laughs> um, really, we couldn't quite get to it. Um, and so I, I found that I had um, to do a lot of educating, and they, they, would, they would understand it, but what they told me um, and is that you need to put a lot of money if, you, if you're going to educate um, mm. your, your customers about, about something new about about a concept i mean of course they're they're big companies and we're grateful for them for you know because they they disrupt and they they bring something new but um hard for a small company to do when you're selling it yourself you just don't have the money to educate that much so you made the product more simple straightforward something people could identify with without too much explanation which says a lot about you as a marketer and if you're licensing or venturing you have to adjust sometimes inventors are so in love with the idea the way it is they're like, this is how it is, this is how it is, and they're selling it themselves or they're licensing it, and they're, they start to get inflexible. They get themselves in trouble, and you, you had the flexibility to change. You might have been even a little resistant at first. It took you a little while maybe, which is normal. 
because um, you, you got to believe in yourself too. Sometimes you just go, no, this is how it's going to work and you keep pushing through and it works. And other times you're like, okay, it's not working. And you, you <laughs> yeah. switched it up. Now, um, you guys down below in the description, you can, there's going to be a link where you can buy this product because we want to support everybody we're interviewing. But right now, as of today, um, this interview is on May 25th, 2021. It's out. Is it out of stock at the moment? Yes, it's out, it's of, out stock. of stock and we're coming back with a bang because there's going to be the the normal um, size and then a new, yeah, a new line. So uh, in July. But we'll put the Amazon link down below. Can they get it off your website, though? Do you have enough if it's not down, if yes. it's not on Amazon? So they can get yeah. it off your website right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll put both links. So if you want to buy it right away, you can buy it off our website in the future if you want to buy it on Amazon because we just buy everything on Amazon, don't we? <laughs> it's like, I have no idea how much money I spend with those people. <laughs> but thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being a fan. Um, it's, it's it, Like I always say, it's one thing for Stephen and myself to come on and talk about this, but when somebody has some lessons within their own recent personal experience, it, it means a lot to our fans. And thank you for being a fan of the show, too. Big fans. So. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Keep inventing, everybody. We'll catch up with you next time. See you. Bye. There's a great idea in each of us. But it's truly magical to see it come to life. Sharing your creativity with the world has never been easier. We can help.